This is Amateur Logic, episode 141 for March 15th, 2020. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com, and by ICOM. Get out and be active with the perfect QRP companion, ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Amateur Logic. It's another Friday the 13th, but nothing could possibly go wrong here. It is definitely Friday the 13th. Yep. I'm George. And I'm Tommy. I'm Emil. And I'm Mike. And it's uh, great to be back with you. Finally, it was only a 45-minute struggle to to get the stream going, hopefully the correctly. Was, the struggle was real, though. It was a real struggle. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we appreciate everyone hanging out in the chat room. You know, none of them went away. It must have been somewhat entertaining. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe it's like Glenn said back on that fateful New Year's Eve episode. Rami? Oh. I, I said, hey. I'm, you know, we're glad that you're here tonight. And they posted in the chat room. We, we didn't have anything we else to do. Anything else to do. Yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> You know, I guess I hadn't counted on the um, coronavirus keeping people at home. Yeah. Uh, that well, This could be a big boost for to ratings. our viewership. Yeah. yeah. Good, the ratings are going to go straight through the roof. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that, but uh, boy, yeah, we had a little, little rough start tonight getting things going, but hopefully they're all going now. We've got uh, the usual crew here tonight. We did not know if Mike would make it tonight or not, but he managed to get with us here. Mike, where are you tonight? Well, I'm at home, and uh, we, uh, oops, fingers are pointing. Yep, you're in the great white north. Says it right there. (laughs) That's right. Although, uh, weather-wise, we've been having some mild weather, although it was uh, trying to snow today. Uh, we lost a lot of snow, uh, although most of my lawn is still covered. But uh, it's going away. It looks like spring might be on its way. Well, spring is definitely here. Everything's yellow outside. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the pollen's... Uh, we've got a bumper crop of pollen so we far. It, it really came on out this week. Emil, what's been going on down there? Well, besides the pollen... And, and all those uh, other things going on, like the virus, you know. Uh, I guess we, uh, I got my virus scanner installed right here, in fact. So none of that can come through IP and okay. analog. It's a filter. You know, you got to have your filters on. But, uh, yep. yeah, I mean, there's lots of things being canceled here. We had plans on going to the rain 
uh, Ham Fest, and that's uh, canceled, and lots of things are closing around, and St. Patty's Day parades, and you name it. So if we had plans, we don't anymore. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I had a uh, I had an email here. It, it just came out, I don't know, just a little while before the show, from our uh, AWRL Delta Division Director, David Norse, K5UZ. He said it's with deep regret that he must report to Rain Ham Fest per orders of the Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards. Um, the Rain Ham Fest will shut down at 7 p.m. tonight. That means it's already shut down on March the 13th, 2020. All event activities for Saturday are canceled. We're still here on site until 7 p.m., and we have a mini ARRL Louisiana State Convention underway. Complete with a crawfish dinner. Wow. Yeah, at least they got to eat the crawfish. You know, I can feel that pepper in my fingertips right now from the year we <laughs> oh, went yeah. down there. Still oh, yeah. hadn't recovered? That was a very memorable experience. Yeah, it was a fun time, man. Yeah. That's got to be well, one of the funnest hand fests I've been to. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to invite you down to uh, Mount, Mount Strecker next time for his uh, crawfish boil over at his house, because I don't think you've had spice like that yet. <laughs> oh? The real thing. Oh, The caldera was... of cayenne. <laughs> I'm not sure I could take it. Wow. Yeah. Good I've... stuff. So thanks. Shout out to uh, Glenn in the chat room. I know he's in there tonight. Good yep. stuff. Well, it's... Wow. Uh, you know, for people watching tonight, you know what's been going on around the world here with the recently declared pandemic. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and we've got about six cases here in Mississippi now. I don't know how many you have down there, Emil, but apparently you have some. Yeah, there's um, quite a few. Uh, I don't know the exact number, but uh, most of them are the you know presumptive where they're waiting for the the test results to come back from CDC. So we're all watching that pretty close. Yeah, and and Mike, I know you're suffering from the great toilet paper famine up there as well. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, you know, folks, just calm down. Um, yeah, the store store shelves are being emptied, and I got caught in the middle of it. Uh, yesterday just trying to pick up a few normal items that i that i would weekly or every other week and uh the uh the particular store that i was at uh the um checkout lines were all the way down each aisle to the back of the store uh with so many shoppers trying to uh to, to go through checkout wow yeah it's uh it's the same thing here and i think must yeah. be the same thing all over the country and Maybe all over the world. I suspect it is. Uh, so, yeah, yeah we would just have to kind of ride this one out. I uh, find it interesting uh, that all of a sudden everybody decides to start hoarding toilet paper, though. I do, because I did not know that diarrhea was a symptom of <laughs> coronavirus. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Just no, it has everything to do with the manufacturer, right? Most of it's the papers from China, so that's <laughs> no, why. I that's what maybe what people think, but yeah, yeah. you know, know. They, they make it all over the South down here. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's might if you we have 
I've got plenty of pine trees that I could I'm probably need to be selling on eBay the way the prices of toilet yeah. paper are. Yeah, I saw where somebody called it Charmageddon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well well Mike, fear not, we've got a solution down here in the States. And well I guess I could share it with you as well. Right here. This is all you need, man. You probably don't want to share it, though. You probably want your own <laughs> private one. <laughs> it's not even a polarized plug from what I can see. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, it's, so, yeah, it's probably not UL listed. Yeah. <laughs> but you used to see those in all the novelty catalogs and, and oh, everywhere uh-huh. back when I was a kid. Uh, a guy I went to school with, I think I was in elementary school maybe when he did it, or junior high. <laughs> he made one of those. And apparently he put it in the bathroom. <laughs> his, oh my. His, his little brother was playing with it and burned a hole in his sister's dress. <laughs> so uh, We probably still have family discussions about that today. Yeah. So, yeah, probably not UL listed. But hey, that's um, you know that's well. You might want to think about it before you plug one of those in. It's it's not for everybody. Oh my! All right. Well, on a on a more solemn note, a a longtime friend, coworker. And a neighbor of mine passed away this yeah. week. Yeah, I was so it upset was, to hear about that. Uh, Roger Lamb, he, he was about 10 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. But he he passed away this week, and we're, we're really going to miss him. Yeah, he was, on, uh, he was on the show before. It was like maybe like episode two. Or... He was on the show. As a yeah, matter of fact, oh, yeah. episode two, the radio studio. Yeah. There's Roger right there. Of course, he looks a little younger back then. Of course, we all were. That's back when I had the ponytail. But, uh, yeah, we're really going to miss Roger. And uh, he left too early. He was a great guy. He was. So, on with the show here. We've got some emails to cover tonight. And, of course, we've got some posts as well. Yep. And although his name sounds familiar, he doesn't really seem to have email so much, but he has a lot of posts. Oh, yeah. Email, what have you got tonight? Let's see. I have two posts from the Facebook. Um, the, the first one that I'm looking at is from uh, Jerry. Is that the one you're looking at? I hope so. Uh, yeah. Um, Jerry Davis, uh, K7AZJ, posted a uh, a little a bash script, basically, he wrote, and goes out and gets all of the notes from our wiki, basically converts it from, you know, what it is out there, the HTML, over to text, using a package on the Raspberry Pi. You know, it's not, it's not fancy, it's not uh, super functional, it's not going to change the world, but I just like the fact that I saw somebody using the Pi... And uh, I was kind of digging into uh, Bash scripting, which uh, I tried it out. I downloaded it and cloned his uh, 
repository there and ran it. And sure enough, I was pulling the stuff. So I went back and pulled the first episode that I was on, which was cool stuff. So it's good to see people uh, getting into that pie and digging into bash scripts. Yeah, cool. that's a pretty neat idea. Uh, I never really thought about doing that. Email what what might that be that people who are viewing the live stream would enjoy to participate in, but not so much when we're not streaming live. I'm thinking you're referring to the chat room that's available at amateurlogic.tv slash chat, where, you know, you can just get in there with the mayhem, especially now. There's quite a few people in there. Uh, I mean, you can contribute to the show during the live cast and, and give the dad jokes like Eddie's in there giving and entertain uh, the masses and the, us as well. It's kind of a two-way thing. So if you're not in there, you're you're really missing half the fun. But which half? That's the question. That's the question. Nobody's been able to answer that yet. Yep. Eddie, Eddie says which half is up to you. It is. <laughs> oh, that's a, that works, Eddie. You know, I was thinking that maybe it's about time to come up with something, something different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we pretty much beat that one in the ground, yeah. Yep. Well, Tommy, what have you got over there? You um, got an email yeah, from somebody. Yeah, I got an email. Not an email. I've got one of those, too, but I've got an email. <clears throat> I've got one from John, uh, WJ0NF. He says, if you... If you make it to Western Colorado, hit me up and we'll do some portable or mobile ATV ops. Have a great weekend, 73. And he's representing with a hat there. That looks like a really great location to go do that. We'll get up that way one of these days. I'm going to have to try to do that sometime, look him up. But uh, in the meanwhile, you got the hat standing in for us, which is a good substitute. But it's a pretty good substitute. It looks a little... Like it's a little thinner than us. Yes, yeah, a lot classier too. It looks. I don't know. I can't read what's on Mike's. There's one right there yeah. in, in the wild. In yeah, the, looking classy, Mike. The Great White North. Yeah, I'm. I'm supporting the uh, the the 2.0 version of uh, the Amateur Logic Cap because uh, the other one had to take uh, one for the team, and it it, it became the uh, Cranium Cooler. So yep. this is this is hat 2.0, just like John's. And you, the dead giveaway, if you notice, it's very dark. And as you wear it out in the sun, it becomes more charcoal gray color. Um, so you can tell, you can tell it ages nicely in the sun. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, that's by so design. If you reverse the polarity on that solar cell that was on that one on the cranium cooler. Reverse the airflow, would that help keep the snow out of your face when in the winter? <laughs> I suppose it could. Generally, uh, generally we, we haven't had a lot of um, uh, uh, sunlight compared to past winters. It's been a pretty dull winter here, and usually February is, is the uh, one of the brightest months. And even February was kind of overcast most of the time here. So, yeah, it, uh, it was kind of a, a gloomy winter. And I'm 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 probably not unlike other people thinking that, you know, it, it can go away anytime now. We've had enough of winter. Well, we're running the air conditioner down here now. Yeah, it's about time to turn it on again. Yeah. when we play this next video here, and I 
Well, maybe we ought to do that. That it wouldn't hurt to cool down in here a little okay. bit. Okay. So, Emil, I think you're up first tonight. What are you going to show us? Well, you guys know that all of us pretty much somehow wound up with one of these guys, right? Yep. The SDR, the SDR play, RSP duo, or some other flavor that they have, and. I love it so much because it makes the world of uh, RF visible with the spectrum um, properties of it. And I said, let, let me see what else I can find and dig with. And, you know, we've all probably used some form of the tones and the, uh, the settings on our HTs and rigs for repeaters. But uh, maybe you've never seen it like this. Hello, George, Tommy, Mike, AmateurLogic.tv viewers. In this segment, I decided to take a look at something a little bit closer using my SDR Play. You guys have probably seen it, but maybe not like this. So we've all probably used CTCSS for accessing repeaters and maybe even DECS codes to access repeaters or to knock out some noise issues. But have you ever seen it and tried to analyze what's actually happening? Well, I found a program here called KG Tone, which will decode the CTC CSS codes as well as the uh, DCS codes. And I also uh, port that into uh, another free software for audio analysis so you can actually see and uh, hear what's happening. Now, that's not the audio I was talking about. Let's take a look at what I'm referring to. So I ported the audio out from SDR Uno into Audacity using the virtual cables, and I decided to take a look at it a little bit closer here. You can see the, the waveform. It's got some audio signal there. So I ran it through the spectrum plot function and sure enough found where the code that I had set for the tone, the uh, CT CSS tone of uh, 254.1, I believe it was, is shown as the uh, loudest signal here. I wasn't talking or anything, but that is the loudest signal. So you can actually use these tools here, do some measurements, maybe check out the radio and more importantly, see what's happening. There's the tone there in the upper right-hand corner of 254.1 that I had set on the radio. So switching to DCS has a little bit more structure behind it. There's a little bit more design than it's a packet of uh, code words that uh, winds up getting transmitted. So let's take a look at that. Now, just like with CTCSS, the KG Tone software will also decode DCS codes, as you can see here uh, when, when I'm transmitting. So it's a really neat software that you can pipe the audio from your uh, SDR into that'll decode whatever uh, codes are set there so you can see what's actually happening. DCS, Kilo, Echo 5, Quebec, Kilo, Romeo. Now, once again, that wasn't the audio we were looking for, and I think I was overdriving the SDR's front end 
being so close to it, even on low power. Now, if you notice here, there are many patterns that make up the different codes in DCS, and those patterns have a structure to it. I won't go into the nitty-gritty details, but just know that there is a pattern to this, which you'll hear. But take a listen to these two patterns that I recorded. Kind of sounds like a car idling. I uh, recorded uh, two sets of them so you could hear that pattern repeating. So those patterns you're hearing are actually continuously transmitted during your key down with that code being set and actually do mean something here. So if we zoom in and take a closer look, um, you'll see that there is actually a pattern to it. And that's the code words that are being sent over and over during the transmission. Um, and so that's kind of what you're hearing there in the background. Um, most of the time it's filtered out by the radio, but in this case, I actually recorded what you should be able to hear. Sometimes you do hear them when you are uh, transmitting. It just depends on how things are set up and how good the uh, filtering, etc., is set to. So I just think it's pretty neat to be able to see this stuff. And there again was the DCS code that was set to, that we were decoding. Cheap ham certified. Was it was it free software? Of course. Yeah, well I mean if you want to consider the um the duo, the RSP duo or SDR Uno as part of the that yeah, everything I used to decode it and uh analyze the audio was free. Audacity and the little program that does the code uh, DCS and the um CTS CS whatever it is. Codes, yeah, that um that is all free. But the you know that's the R itself isn't. Which virtual audio cables do you use? There's several of them out there. Oh, uh, I use the uh, the VB Audio one, VB? The, basically the free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should have known. That was a dumb <laughs> question, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> now, can I can I uh, guess by the triple dollar sign that that was for the um, the SDR play itself? That's part of your trademark, right? Yes, it's the trademark intro to the Cheap Old Man Minute. Part of his <laughs> brand. <laughs> so it wasn't specific to that segment, Mike. Okay. Since I'd used a virtual audio cable to pipe the audio into the, to the little decoder program, I assume that that little program's not strictly for the RSP Duo. You could use it with any anything if you had audio coming in exactly no it's it's a straight standalone pc program that's um it's on a japanese site available for free and um i'm pretty sure i put the links to it and that end summary slide if not let me know <laughs> but i think i think i did uh put all of that as references but yeah you could use it with anything i just happened to pipe the uh, the real time so i could see it you know, to see if I can see the artifacts on the actual waveforms on the spectrum analyzer. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Interesting. And then Audacity had the really neat part of that is Audacity has that that spectrum plot where it's telling you all the AF information in the passband and which the biggest frequencies, and that's where I really. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, I just 
kind of expected he would have the audacity to show us that. (laughs) (laughs) The audacity of free. I'm going to write a book, (laughs) y'all. Okay. Well, that's good stuff, Emil. We're going to be back in just a moment. HF and VHF operation can be affected by noise on the bands, which makes it hard to hear weak stations and adds to your fatigue. A lot of times the noise is coming from just outside your doorway from the power lines, and power companies are usually willing to help out with these issues, but they may not have the equipment that you need to hunt down which insulator is actually arcing. The MFJ5008 aids in locating the noise sources generated by corona discharge and arcing components on the power system. The device is an acoustic receiver tuned to the ultrasonic range of 40 kHz, allowing you to hear ultrasonic noise generated by the corona discharge and arcing connections that generate power line static on your radio. It's an 18-inch diameter plastic dish that gives a narrow beam width to pinpoint the noise source to less than 12 inches at 50 feet away. The dish also has a short focal point, making the overall front-to-back depth just 7 inches. And the handle is mounted close to the dish to the center of gravity, making it easier to reduce fatigue on your hand from the weight pulling down on the front. Not only can you use the MFJ5008 to find power line noise sources, you can also listen to a wide variety of natural sounds. In the ultrasonic range, you can hear bats, birds, and insects. The MFJ5008 can give you a whole new perspective on the wildlife around you. It can also help locate mechanical noise sources in the ultrasonic range. So go check out the MFJ5008 today at mfjenterprises.com. I'm thinking I may need to borrow that back from you. Okay. Because I have had some noise issues here recently uh, on and off, and I haven't been able to track it down yet. Well, you can borrow it. We may need to to get out and do some spike hunting or... Oh, that'd be uh, fun. Or maybe it's not spike hunting. Bike, but <laughs> he's right some there. Spark coming. Yeah, I know. He's he's in the chat room. <laughs> that was easy. Well, email earlier. Me? Yeah, you said you had two things to talk about I, tonight. I did, and I hope I'm saying his name right. Oh. From our uh, friend over uh, Wayne uh, B. Lind- Lindgren. I believe he is in out in Maine in the Northeast. And uh, he put a poll together in the Facebook forum. And I really got a kick out of this poll. I mean, right now, he, he's basically saying he wants to know or he's interested in what modes we in Amateur Logic use. You know, you can add these options. Well, apparently a lot of people added options. <laughs> and that's just a testament to, I guess, how flexible you know, ham radio, the hobby is, because I want to say there's at least 30 different modes and methods people put out here. By far, um, voice over HF, VHF, and UHF, as, as far as mode goes, phone is winning. I think it's at 118. There's so many different modes and things to learn about, play with, experiment on. I just got a big, the biggest kick out of this poll. So thanks for Wayne to put that together and uh, make us all talk about what we're doing out there there's just so much there yeah it's pretty cool yeah it is and 
Yeah, I added a few myself to that list. I believe you did too, maybe. Oh, I, th- I think I added quite a few. I, I kind of went down the list of uh, uh, some of the, you know, the softwares, the standard softwares we all probably use, FL Digi or um, uh, the Ham Radio Deluxe from, from old. So, yeah, I, I did add a few. Yeah. Good, good stuff. I myself have an email here tonight. Okay. And this is an actual email from an actual viewer. It's not an email from Emil? No. <laughs> not unless he moved. <laughs> I didn't move. And I'm going to... I'm going to... Or did he? <laughs> I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, but this is from Burned DC7XJ in Berlin, Germany. Oh, wow. And... He said, hi, George, on YouTube, I found your contribution to the FT-857 display, and he found the FT-857D heads-up.zip file on the website that we had posted, uh, along with all the libraries. And what he is talking about is this project right here. I don't remember the episode number, but you might remember that I had the... uh, the yep. dreaded display lines appear on um, my FT-857D after mm-hmm. it had been in the mobile for a while. And that's kind of um, a pretty common problem with those. And I happened to have this color display that I had, I think I bought it at Dayton, and an Arduino around, I decided I would set up a heads-up display for it. So it looked looks pretty cool and it's much easier to read although he found that zip file he didn't find the sketch have i understood something wrong because it's more than 60 years ago that he learned english in school Uh, can you tell me where i can find the sketch and what i have to do to build me such a display and i did write him back and the sketch was included in that zip file if you downloaded the zip file it was in there as a matter of fact There were a lot of files that were included in that zip, and that is because it was a little, a little bit complicated, but there were a lot of different files that I put together to make that up because you had to have files for the font that you used. That took quite a few um, files in there. So the, and I believe I probably had more than one uh, source code file that I created and put them in tabs so it was easier for me to keep up mm-hmm. with the code which uh, if you hadn't done uh, done it with Arduino before, everything doesn't have to go in in one file on your sketch you can break it up into separate files and that, you know, they'll all work together, you just put all your different source files in that same directory and when you load up your main sketch all the others are sucked right into it. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, it, it was there, and I sent him the details. I have not heard back as to whether he has started on his project yet, but uh, well, hopefully we will. You played, well, it wasn't with an SDR Uno, but another small computerized device. Yeah, I've been, I've been having a good time with my Rig Pi. Yeah? Yeah, but uh, it's a lot more stuff to it than just controlling your rig. Oh, hmm. Take a look. 
If you remember, a few months back, I set up my Rig Pi for the first time to remotely control my IC7100. And I've also been mentioning that I wanted to get more into the digital modes, but I, I never wanted to really tie up my main computer to do that. The Rig Pi already has WSJTX and FL Digi on there, as well as some other nice ham software. But we're going to take a look at WSJTX and FL Digi today. Let's go ahead and run it. We'll do WSJTX first since it's the most straightforward to set up. So we're going to File, Settings, and we're going to need to go in and set up our call sign, our grid square, and so forth. Pick your radio. I'm using the 7100, of course. Now these settings are going to be a little bit different for your radio, so you'll have to kind of know what your settings are, look in your manual for what you need to do. But these are what work with the 7100 very well. So, so and then we got to do our audio, which is probably the most difficult part. So hardware card equals codec device zero works for me. And you've got quite a list there, so be sure you pick the one that works for you. You may have to do some trial and error. I, I had to go through several of them to get the right one that actually worked. I wasn't sure which one it was. And that's really about all that I did to change, to set it up. So right now I'm on uh, Whisper, and it's monitoring. And you can see over here on the waterfall that I've got some signals coming in. You're also going to need to make some settings on your radio if you're using one like mine. So I did set it up for my audio device to be the USB port so I could get audio out of it. So again, that's going to be something different for your radio if you're not using the same one as me. Otherwise, you can go back and look at the original rig pie that I did earlier, and that's how the instructions on setting my rig up are in there. But you can see we've got some signals coming in. This is not going to be a tutorial on how to actually use these software. I'm just kind of introducing you to what's installed on the Rig Pi here. To me, it makes it uh, even more value than controlling my rig, which is a fantastic function. You can do multiple things on it, too. So, And you can switch to FT8 if you want. The nice thing is when I change these, if I change the bands, it actually changes on my rig to correspond to it. So that's the rig control is really nice here. So I wanted to play around with JT65, and I've got that available now. So it should be fun to learn that one. And uh, anyway, I want to play with all of them and get, get a good feel for them. Okay, we see one session just came in, so it is, in fact, working. So let's go ahead and, and close this and take a look at FL Digi. Now you would think running FL Digi just like this would be good enough, but apparently there's some type of a permission on the install on the original Rig Pi. And I think I saw a post where Howard is working on that for an update. But anyway, it's not a big deal. We could just run the terminal and do sudo FL Digi and it'll run. Let's do configure, rig control. Now I'm using Hamlib for mine. So I've got Hamlib checked here, picked my rig, my same USB port I had set up previously, and my baud rate. I really should probably up that to 9600, but I just haven't. 
and my push to talk stuff is set here and we've got audio again I picked the same audio device here as I had before on the other one and it pretty much just works just make sure you follow the setup wizard and then we've got a lot of modes here too you can see it's very easy to set up I just want to introduce you to what all is installed on the rig Pi. saves you a lot of trouble trying to set that up it's a little bit of a pain to configure from default on the Raspberry Pi and gives you a really nice little uh, ham computer there's some logging stuff on here and other things we may explore that in the future bands haven't been very good for me this weekend some people have been having trouble connecting to the rig Pi remotely I'm gonna go ahead and do this on my iPhone Your your network stuff may be a little bit different than mine, so bear with me. You're going to need to forward some ports. So on my router, you can do it right here. And I've got an ASUS RT AC68U router. Uh, yours is going to be probably a little bit different, more than likely. Um, but we'll go into WAN and uh, port forwarding. We're going to need to set up one for Mumble and one for the Rig Pi. And Mumble runs on port 64738 and the Rig Pi is just on port 80. Now you can go in and redirect these. So if you want the external port to be 180 or whatever, you can have it go to 80 here. So you're not using standard ports. But just for the case of simplicity, I'm going to leave these by default. So I went ahead and added those. I picked, I typed in Mumble, it's a TCP protocol. I put the port and then the address of my rig Pi. And I did that by picking this and it puts the address in there for you. And I did the same thing for this one. I just picked port 80 and I did the same. And it's a TCP port also. So that's done. Let's turn on port forwarding. I don't leave that on. By default because I just don't want the security hole I can turn that on remotely using an app that I have on my phone with my router proceed at your own risk if you leave your ports open okay the Wi-Fi is off on my phone I've got the port forwarding open and I've got a favorite setup for mine you're gonna need to know your external IP address if you don't know yours there's a little app that I wrote a little Python script I wrote that you could actually run on your rig pi and have it send you your IP address. I've got the ports open. I'm going to go ahead and connect to Mumble. So I've got a shortcut set up on mine. You're going to need to know what your IP address is. Okay, so I've got audio coming from my rig. Okay, so got the uh, website up. Let's click connect radio. And I'm connected. So we can change the frequencies. We can change the band by scrolling down. We can pick, uh, let's see, right now I'm on 40 meters. So we'll go to 20 meters. If you want to change it to upper side band, lower side band, you can do that. 
by touching LSB here or USB. We'll go back to 40. You can touch the scroll wheel and scroll through. And it works, we can hit the booster tone. In 5Z, no. So it does work, and that's remotely. You can do that from anywhere. So it is pretty easy to configure that. I'm going to go ahead and disconnect the radio. And let's disconnect Mumble. Thought that'd be kind of nice to go over a few things on the Rig Pi. The digital modes are pretty exciting, as well as being able to remote control it, which you already you probably knew about that functionality. But anyway, I've really been enjoying that thing. I thought I'd kind of share some of the things on here, maybe to help a few of you along. 73. I'm going to have to look at the digital modes on my Rig Pi. Yeah, I, that's what I use for it now. I've actually been playing around with it a pretty good bit. But well, little I've been home, but for me it is. I've always wanted to explore them, like I said, mm -hmm. on there, and I just never really wanted to bother tying up my computer. I'm either editing video or something. But now I've got that little computer sitting there, all set up, and it just hooked up to my 7100. It makes it so easy. Yeah, so I, I keep it running a good bit. I need to uh, check that out because I was talking about I haven't done FT8, and big reason is well kind of limited time and I just mm -hmm. you know didn't want to go to all the um, or didn't have time to go through all the steps to set it up but that might be a little shortcut to so get to it's it mostly set up yeah. yeah it was so easy to get it going well cool well we've got more to go so don't go away but we're going to take just a, a quick couple minute break here and get a message from our friends at ICOM. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. The IC705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tips of your fingers and a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilo or just over 2 pounds. With RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 MHz. 5 watt battery operation with BP272 or 10 watts with a 13.8 volt DC supply. Modes include single sideband, CW, AM, FM, as well as full D star functions. A large 4.3 inch color touchscreen and live band scope with waterfall. Integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, micro SD card for data storage, it comes standard with the HM243 speaker microphone, and it supports QRP and QRPP operations. The perfect accessory for the IC705 is the LC192 optional backpack with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about this and all the great ICOM radios. And I, I want to get my hands on one of those rigs. Not, oh, yeah. Probably not as bad as you since you're a world traveler. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, maybe not so much this 
this week. Not this week, but yeah. I'll be back at it. But I'm, yeah. I'm definitely going to get one, most definitely. Yep. Very nice looking rig, and boy, I hope to start seeing them out in the wild pretty soon. Yeah, I hope you see me with one out in the wild. <laughs> That's just yeah. ideal for for me, man. For taking with me. It, yeah, exactly. Well, Tommy, you, you have uh, you've got another email here, don't you? I do. Thank you. It's not an email. It's actually a Facebook post. That's it's right. from Ash Nicole from the Amateurologic Facebook group. She says, we won the Canada Day contest for our region. She's so excited. My call sign's even on it. Go blue. And that's her down there, I think. K-E-H-A-N, I believe, is her call. Multi-operator single transmitter low power. Nice. Yep. She's actually had her on the show before from, yeah. from Hamvention. At least once or twice, I think. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. She's not even in Canada. Yep. At, I wonder if we could get an authentic message from Canada ourselves. We might not get a certificate for it, but we ought to have a, a connection, a pipeline to Canada. Straight to Canada? <laughs> yep. We I don't know, we Mike. Know, we know people. Have you got like, something? Like Emil says, I know people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what do, what do you know? We have the uh, the TCA magazine, of course, and uh, every month it has the listing of the directors. And we had a lot of recent elections lately, and uh, uh, one of the uh, the fellows whose name is escaping me at the moment for the Ontario um, Central Region uh, got reelected, and um, he's a, he's a good guy. He's out at all a ham fest, so I could probably put in a good word for you. Cool. Phil McBride is his name. I can't remember his call. Sorry, Phil. We need good words put in with pretty much anybody that will take them. This is the link you sent us. Yes, sir. That's where you can learn more. These are for the Ham Fest that, uh, unfortunately, I have some sad news. The um, the Toledo Ham Fest, which uh, even even a lot of us Canadians uh, travel down to it, is uh, is now canceled. Holy Toledo! COVID nineteen. That's where Klinger was. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I saw that, and uh, Vasalia was canceled. There have been a number of Hamfest cancellations in the past week. We have one up here, um, which is just outside of the uh, Greater Toronto area. Hamex twenty twenty has been canceled as well. It it uh, was supposed to run on March twenty eighth. And it's been uh, it's been canceled as well for the same reasons. And as, so it's been a it's been a tough year for Hamfest, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, it has. As of just a few minutes ago, because I checked again, Hamvention has not been canceled. Yeah, not yet. That's good. I'm hoping everything kind of settles down in the next uh, few weeks, and uh, hopefully things can can get back to normal. And hopefully um, by that time. You know, it'll 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 be to the point where we don't have to uh, cancel a hamvention this year because that would be uh, a real disappointment, I think, for a lot of folks. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and you know, it's um, it's advisable if you're planning on attending a ham fest that you want to check out their website and details up until the point, I guess, of departure. Right now, anyway, to make sure that the event is still on. Not just ham fest, but any large public gatherings. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of states have just pretty much shut all the public gatherings down. 
Yep. Well, I, th- I think the uh, the reason for the uh, Toledo Ham Fest, they didn't have a choice because I believe the governor of Ohio had, um, had sent out a, um, a mandate uh, to, to cancel all large pe- public gatherings. So uh, that pretty much put an end to the mm-hmm. Toledo Ham Fest this year. Yeah, holy Toledo. <laughs> holy Toledo. Yep. <laughs> wow. Well... Uh, hopefully, we'll turn the curve for too long here. I you know, hope so. Well, they really, from the news I've seen, the government would really kind of like to. This this doesn't sound correct, but they'd really rather stretch it out over a little longer period of time than to have everybody come down with coronavirus at once and overload the systems. Uh, because it. It would, uh, you know, if we had just like m- massive number of people getting it, it would really tax the, you know, the medical system, the hospitals. And oh, I'm sure. Providers and all, so. Boy, did you use the right word, tax. Ta- <laughs> tax. Yes. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. In, um, in more than one way. <laughs> yep. So, well. I actually have a dispatch here that did not come directly from Canada, but it did come from a a native Canadian. Well, maybe not a native one. A native one would be an Indian, right? Like a Native American would be an Indian. I don't know. Probably. Is that true, Mike? I guess it would be. Well... Yeah, we don't we don't use that term anymore. I guess uh, the politically correct term and the proper term is First Nations, um, and um, basically it's uh, you know First Nations that uh, were in this country um, before the settlers moved in. Hmm. Okay, I did not know I was politically incorrect. Well, I I think the confusion is now uh, when you say Indian, it's referring to somebody from India, and that's where the confusion comes from. Yeah. Uh, So so when somebody says Indian to me now, um, I think they're referring to somebody from India. Well, I I always think now it it could be either way. Yeah. You know, you, you need clarification to really know what they're talking about, so... Well, our First Nations, that that makes sense. Anyway, this and I think he may be in the chat room. I think he was a while ago, Jocelyn, KD8VRX, and he's got the the dual call sign thing going there. He's, he's also VA2VRX. Yeah, so he's all over that VRX thing. Yeah. It's a good, good call sign. Yeah, he said, uh, "Hi George, hope all is well. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night to see the IC705 video live. That was he sent this oh back at the end of January, like a day or so before we did the live stream on the uh, IC705 when Ray brought it here. He says he had seen the uh, uh, Japan video, you know, from the Tokyo Ham Fair there a few months back." And he can't wait to see Rock and Ray give us a full <laughs> tour. 
And he did, and, you know, what a tour it was. I think, I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. I want one now worse than I did when I saw it initially, you know, from the oh, Hamfire yeah. video. Oh, yeah, I was ready to go ahead and give him my money right then. Yep. Uh, he says he built an in-fed antenna from the Rocket City 3D kit that he purchased at Huntsville. And uh, he needs to show it in action, so he might make a little segment from the show. He just needs the weather to warm up. And hopefully that weather is getting a little warmer now, and maybe I just twisted his arm a little bit. He may <laughs> put the antenna up and maybe shoot us a video. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, the that, lighter one. Yes. And there's a lot of people here. I don't know if it's taken off. <laughs> I don't know if it's taken off on you guys' side, but there's a lot of people here who are uh, jumping into the uh, POTA, the parks on the air. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I've seen that's getting real popular. Stuff. Yeah. So, that, I mean, there's there's a guy locally who's just running rampant. Uh, I think he's pretty much chasing wards, like, the, you know, the competition part of it. But the... Um, I think it's pretty neat. That 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 icon rig would probably be pretty pretty decent to lug around with that oh, in yeah. mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he sent me a, a fairly lengthy email here because we hadn't uh, chatted in a while uh, back then, and he mentioned he said he didn't know if I had heard of ifixit.com. That's i f i x i t dot com. It's a great website that offers guides to help you fix things. Uh, nothing really amateur radio related. Uh, yet they've got a a tool section, and it's not bad. He says he uses their screwdriver bits all the time. I just happen to have been familiar with the iFixit.com website. And this is a, a set here I got, I don't remember, two or three years ago. You know, I do... Uh, Ham Nation every week with Bob Holland, Gordon West, and Don, and Amanda, and the whole crew. And we're all volunteers, you know. We we don't get paid anything by twit. But we do a show every week, so it is, you know, almost like a job. But, you know, it's uh, you know it's, it's one of those things we do for free as a service to the ham community. And Leo sends us a nice... Christmas present every year. Mm -hmm. This year, I, I don't have it out here with me. I received a gift certificate for a hundred and sixty dollars worth of socks. Hey, that's now. a lot of socks. That is not as many as you would think. Oh yeah, <laughs> they are pretty expensive socks. It's, I believe, it's Bombar is the name of the company. Anyway, since they weren't going to cost me anything, I went and ordered some of them. Man, I never knew socks could be so comfortable. Oh, yeah? Yep. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so some serious socks. And the iFixit kit that uh, that Jocelyn was talking about there, Leo sent us one of those two or three years ago. and I, So I pulled out mine since I was going to be reading this email tonight. Now, they've got yeah. a lot of different models of it. This is what one. You got he, in there? This is the one he's, he sent us. It's uh, 
really nice. You know, it's got a lot of customized tools for working on oh, small cool. electronics like your uh, yeah. replacing the screen on your iPhone, uh, huh. you know, that type of stuff. Uh, some little tweezers in there. A suction cup to pull the glass off of it. Right. Some That's cool. set of tweezers in there. It's, you know, it's got one of these static straps that you put around your arm and you you clip it to ground. No, you wouldn't want to clip this across the high voltage in your linear. <laughs> well, let me clip it to the, the measure. No, no, we're not going to clip it to that either. <laughs> so, uh, some... Hey. Some nice tools, yeah, Mike. Does it does it have an engineering stick? No, maybe. I'm not. Tommy sure. knows. Tommy knows oh, what I'm talking about. That too. Yeah. yeah. A really nice little set of tweezers there, and you know some plastic sticky things. Pointy. Everybody needs a pointy plastic sticks. sticky thing. Yep. <laughs> It's like tuning tools. Tuning tools. And I'm not... Tweaker. You know, email, you could really appreciate this. There's some guitar picks in there. <laughs> yep, that's the screen repair stuff, huh? In case you need yep. to undo stress after fixing something. Yep, but I think it's it's actually, it feels just like a guitar pick. Yeah, so, yeah it probably is. Yeah. Uh, and then... then the part of the kit that I use most often. I, I don't need these well, tiny little uh, screwdriver bits that often, but this has got almost everything you need in there from the tiny little bitty nut drivers uh, through the flat heads, the Phillip heads, those uh, weird ones like, you know, a flat blade screwdriver that's got a hump cut out of the middle. Security type. All the uh, security bits. Yep. Uh, it's got uh, tiny hex heads here, or like an Allen wrench, star drivers. Look I, at I look at how I, many screwdriver, tiny uh -huh. screwdrivers. I, I never, find I use those fairly often. I've got a set similar to that, not quite that complete, but I use those little bits all the time. Yeah. How, how's it holding them in there, George? Is it like magnetic or they just kind of shove in there? No, this is, neat, this is kind of like a soft sponge material. This friction. Okay. And, yeah, so the slots are just, you know, kind of tight. And when you stip, stick it in there, it just kind of, like, holds it in Neato. Place. That's pretty neat, man. I've yeah. got a cobalt set similar to that. I can't tell I what you're holding. I made one of these com compliant tools. I don't know if you can read the label on it. Can you read it? No. No. <laughs> anyway, it says it says engineering stack. And if every, anybody ever asks you, have you tried poking it with a stick? This is for you. Yeah, that's I've got the that's on the desk at home. I forgot to bring that in the box of stuff I brought over here. <laughs> well, I can't say that I've ever seen one. You will. You got a feeling about that? Yeah, I got a pretty good feeling you're going to see one. Okay. Well, it's, it has been a fun show tonight. It has. It's been an interesting one, though, especially it was a little rocky getting started. Yeah, happy Friday the 13th. Oh, and I did <laughs> want to mention this. This is something that I got hand-delivered today 
You got several a set of, them. of these. I got several of them. This is a, I don't know what you would call it, but it's a little ring here. Mounting a, plate? Mounting plate. Square. That fits your Arduino Uno. And you can use this to mount your Arduino Uno. Those are those are imported also. These are imported. Mike, you wouldn't know anything about this, would you? I sure do. They uh, they were com compliant just like these engineering sticks because they were 3D printed. <laughs> oh, you made the engineering stick too? Yes, sir. Yeah, he, he sent us one. I forgot to bring nice. it. It was on my desk. He is hoarding the engineering sticks. <laughs> over here, but this this is real nice, Mike. I appreciate it. I know you got into three D printing real big here. Uh, yeah, no worries. Um, I especially like the mounting plates because when you screw the Arduino Uno boards onto those plates, you can still get out all the uh, all the solder connections, so you can still uh, you know solder to it. It doesn't get in your way at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, unlike a case, whenever you want to add something to it, you got to open the case and take the board out to do anything with it. Whereas these plates, you can just screw screw the Arduino board down to one of them, and uh, they don't get—they're uh, non-interfering, I guess you could say. You know, the print quality of this mm -hmm. is is so fine. There, did you do anything special to that, or is this the way it came off the printer? That's the way it came off the printer, and uh, surprisingly enough, there's there's two higher levels without changing the to a smaller nozzle size uh, of quality. Um, that's the medium quality. There's a there's a, a high quality, and then there's an ultra uh, ultra fine or ultra something quality beyond that. Uh, but obviously, the the uh, higher the quality, the longer it takes to print out an object. Right. Uh, but uh, I find the uh, the standard uh, quality uh, to be very good on this particular printer. Yeah, I was going to say this is this is probably the best three D print I have seen. Yeah, looks, it did come out really good. Yeah, very good. Well, thanks for that, Mike. I will make good use of them. That means I need to be working on some more Uno projects very soon and give me an excuse I do have a challenge for you I looked all over the place trying to find small uh, small screws uh, in order to mount the Uno on there mm -hmm. and I went to Lowe's Home Depot all the, all the hardware stores and and the smallest every store seems to carry is a number 4 which is way too large yeah. for that obviously yeah. I've, I found some I've got some oh. I found some, and I made uh, some holes similar to this, but I did take a tiny, tiny drill bit and kind of cleaned it out a little bit before mm -hmm. I put it in so it wouldn't crack the plastic. Uh, I'll tell you where I found mine. In an old hard drive. If you ever torn an old hard drive apart to get the magnets out of it, mm -hmm. there's a lot of little tiny screws in there that... You you may need one of these iFixit kits to remove them with. Yeah. That's just convenient. I hadn't thought about that till just now. But, um, yeah, I've got a lot of tiny screws and stuff. <laughs> right. oh, oh, my. It must be feeding time about. at the zoo. Yeah. You must have got a new hat in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, 
that that's the screws I've got. If you've got an old crashed hard drive, you might try to still use some screws out of it. There, but look about the right size for that. Well, and just a little uh, a little tip too. If uh, if you don't have a small enough, uh, you almost need one of those uh, jeweler screwdrivers in your kit uh, because the the head of the the screw is so small. But I uh, I cheated a couple times because I I misplaced my small set of jeweler screwdrivers. And I just took the top the tip of my hot iron and hot screwed them right into the plastic. Huh. And uh, uh, from what I understand, that's how most electronic assemblies are done from the factory. They just uh, put heat to it, and they push the, the screw directly in, and, it, and, and, and you can unscrew it when it cools, obviously. Oh, wow. I did not know that's how it was done. I have done similar things before, but... But you didn't want to talk I thought I was it. just being naughty. Yeah, you know, I didn't I, I want didn't. to tell anybody... Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, that's actually an interesting idea. I'll try that too. Well, before we get out of here tonight, let's go around and see if anybody's got anything final that they want to add. Tommy? Uh, no, I guess not. Just uh, wash your hands and cover your nose, cover your mouth when you cough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that don't was- leave your. Don't leave your ports open. Don't leave your yep. ports open. That was almost <laughs> the title of tonight's episode was Wash Your Hands. Was it? Yeah. Well, the Great Toilet Paper Famine is uh, pretty appropriate That as just well. seemed more appropriate for this show. I was almost going to say uh, conserve toilet paper, use both sides, but uh, that's probably not such a good idea. No. You're gonna get, yeah, you'll get some hate mail after a few days. Well, I'll let well, you know how the rationing program went next month. <laughs> you got you got it made, George. You got the electric toilet paper. Well, I do. If it, you call that made. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm thinking about releasing a, um, a 50 hertz version of that with the European plug adapter set. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, email. Oh, uh, my my finals are doing fine down here. I don't have to change any tubes or anything. So nothing, nothing that going down here. Cool. Mike. Well, I uh, apologize for not having uh, uh, my segment finished for this month. I know I didn't get the slacker pass, but uh, anyway, I've been I've been playing around with uh, another project, and I'll talk more about it next time. Uh, it's called uh, Open uh, Web RX, and uh, it uses a Raspberry Pi, and it's a really cool way of connecting your uh, SDR or RTL dongle or Fifi or uh, a lot, it supports a lot of different uh, SDR uh, receivers. So, anyway, more about that uh, next time, I guess. Cool. Yeah, uh, I've been working on a few ideas, too, and I was actually going to do a live demonstration tonight, but I'm going to hold that off because we've already um, well, we've already got enough content yeah, for a full show. Yeah, we too long. So, uh, Mike, uh, no problems about not having a segment tonight. It was my turn to to be the slacker of the month 
which is a, a new, this is an inside thing here that, you know, the viewers won't know about, but well, they do now. Well, they do now. We're, we're trying to work on keeping the length of the shows down to a more um, manageable length. And so we're passing around. Everybody is going to get a turn to skip a month of doing a segment so that we come in somewhere more reasonable. Uh, somewhere close to around an hour-ish. Yeah, because I've been whacked. I mean, the people who see the live stream, they are a very dedicated bunch. Uh, <laughs> well, because, they don't have anything better to do according to Glenn. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, They're some committed. of these have been running over two hours long, which means I have to cut out a lot yeah. of stuff. So the final posted version is, uh, you know, it's missing some... Some, sometimes some pretty good stuff that just had to get cut because it just it was getting too long. So and we got an hour of show and an hour of bloopers. Yep. There, I, got, well, well, I got one more thing. Oh, I thought I saw you following something there. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, tomorrow, uh, and I think I got this from the Facebook forum too. In fact, it might have been from Glenn. Uh, he comes up with the, some stuff, that guy. Uh, t- tomorrow, happy Pi Day, right? 3.14. Oh, it sure is. Okay. Uh, well, so break out the pies. Do a project. That's oh, a good idea. And incidentally, today was my birthday. Yep. Happy Get birthday. Out. Yep. So I'm just... It's almost... It's almost <laughs> like you had that planned. <laughs> you don't say... Yeah, so you know, I, I'm only one day short of pie this year. <laughs> Should we sing to him, guys? No, nobody. Okay. Nobody wants to hear that. So. <laughs> nobody wants to hear me singing. We need Rock and Ray in here. No, everybody wants to hear you singing. No, they like Rock and Ray better. Yeah. Well, still, it just didn't didn't sound like. Right of me. Uh, well, it just sounds a little different when he's singing, when he's crooning. Oh, we ran Mike off. <laughs> we lost Mike. He did not be, want to hear us sing. I guess it must be time to call it a night. I can't blame him, you know. <laughs> oh, there he is. Okay. Oh. No, I was, uh, I was trying to, uh, oh, sorry, my bad. Hang, my bad. <laughs> there okay. you go, George. Happy birthday, George. Oh, thank y'all. And... You know, thanks to folks in the chat room as well. Yes, uh, I'm a happy old 39 now. 39 plus. 39. Yeah, 39 plus. Wow. Uh, I don't know. It it was a good day, but it was a, a challenging day as well. Yeah. So... Uh, I want to thank everybody for the birthday wishes. Uh, who did wish me birthday? I'm not. I'm I'm pretty bad when it comes to those type of things. And yeah, same here. Know, uh, but um, to all of y'all, I'm going to say happy birthday because I'm probably going to miss it on the correct day. <laughs> so this will just be a blanket statement here. Yeah. Happy birthday for covering this coming year. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure everybody's got one. Well, here you go, Mike. Most let's, of let's, let's give him a, a toast. Here to another 39. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't reach mine. It's right there. <laughs> Cheers. Remember yeah. the days where you couldn't show this on TV? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Well, Tommy, we're going to be gone for from the airwaves here for another two weeks, you and I. We are. And then we'll be doing the next episode of Ham College where we're studying for the extra. Exam. I need to be studying up, too, because I didn't have a really great showing last time. It was it was a banner episode. What are you talking about? For you. <laughs> <laughs> the, we had buzzer. <laughs> we had a, a record. I think it was a record amount. Yeah, I think so. It so, was. But the questions are getting tougher, but we're covering them all. Join us around the end of the month. We'll be doing the next episode of Ham College covering the new amateur extra exam pool. I can hardly wait. You can. Yeah. I, I can, too. I'm looking forward to, <laughs> to you breaking the old record. It's your turn this time. So say that even though you weren't going to be able to go to the rain ham fest this weekend and yeah, i because i use i'd love to get a t-shirt there you would Some, or something yeah but since you can't <laughs> excuse since me I can't, since, since I you can't just shop online plus you know it's really not supposed to have a lot of big gatherings so i can do this from the safety of my own home or anywhere I yeah. can go shopping and get it, some swag from the amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com swag store. Yeah. We've got hats, shirts, jackets, cups, travel mugs, you name it. There's a lot of things in there. Yeah. And there's no viruses on that. No. And, you know, even if you just looked and you didn't get anything, that would be okay, too. That's fine. Because if you go looking, you're going to probably put some stuff in that cart. Yeah. Because it's just pretty irresistible. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my point was that people are going to be looking for stuff to do working from home, and, mm. and they're going to be going stir-crazy pretty quick here with this coronavirus thing going on. And this would this would be a good way to add to that. To the stir craziness? Well, oh, well. Um, to relieve some of the stir to craziness. relieve some of it. There you go. Yeah. So, so anyway, help the economy. Help the economy. While you're working from home for however long it's going to be, You, there might be that problem with stir craziness that I talked about. Where might you hang out? To share that burden with some of your friends and well, if you don't, and, if you miss having that face-to-face -face time with with your coworkers, you can go hang out on the social media things like the like our Facebook group, for instance, Facebook.com/groups/amateurlogic.tv, or on Twitter at amateurlogic. We're on there, and we've also got a groups.io group now, groups.io/g/amateurlogic. And also one other thing we, we generally mention is the wiki, amateurlogic.tv slash wiki. 
and our friend Dan in on LVS does that for us. Yep. Appreciate that, Dan. Find all your show notes there. And with that, everybody has, we've been around the horn. Everybody has had their uh, their final say. Does anybody have an additional final say? Yep, over and out. One, going twice. No, I'm good. Okay. You wash your hands before you come back over, especially if you're out of toilet paper. <laughs> so. All right, I'm out. Okay. I think I am, too. All right. Thanks for being here, everybody. We will see you again. Uh, well, around the 15th of yep. April. Have your taxes ready, although it might be extended. Might, we might get an extension on that, they say. Yep, 73, everybody. 73. Yeah. Seven three. Seven three. built an infed antenna from the Rocket City 3D kit that he purchased at Huntsville and uh, he needs to show it in action so he might make a little segment from the show he just needs the weather to warm up and hopefully that weather is getting a little warmer now and maybe I just twisted his arm a little bit and <laughs> he may get out there and throw that thing up and that's not the right thing. <laughs>